Hey everyone, I'm Lexi Merrick-Beeler and this is Farm Her Talks, thoughtful conversations to connect and inspire the farm her in all of us. Food insecurity is an important issue that our friends at Nationwide recognize with us. Together, we have brought on a special guest to today's Everybody Eats podcast, who works to help others in her community with food insecurity and more. Meet Melissa O'Neill, Chief Executive Officer at Central Iowa Shelter and Services. I had the pleasure of meeting Melissa in person at CISS earlier this month, and I can't wait to share more about the wonderful things this incredible farm herd does. CISS is so much more than a homeless shelter. In addition to being a 24-7, 365-day emergency shelter for women and men experiencing homelessness, they also have a four-acre agri-hood and a state-of-the-art greenhouse that features a hydrocycle aquaponics system. We'll discuss all of these agricultural aspects of the Central Iowa Shelter and Services today and how you can get involved in your own community. Welcome to the podcast, Melissa. So tell us a little bit about you. Sure. So Gosh, where do you even start with that? Do you want me to go like back in time where I've been brainwashed or like today? <laughs> um, let's go back in time. All right, let's go back in time. So I grew up in West Branch, Iowa. Uh, I like to tell people all the time I've been brainwashed by the Herbert Hoover Museum. Uh, just simply because as a child growing up in a small town, um, everyone had an opportunity to volunteer to be engaged with the museum and learn about our 31st president. And there was so much that he did to battle food insecurity around the entire country, right? And today we recognize uh, our 31st president, Herbert Hoover, at the World Food Prize as well, as one of being one of the strongest advocates for creating a food-secure world um, during a time when people just didn't have access to the food that Iowans were growing for the entire nation. So, uh, again, like I said, I've been brainwashed, but... You know, one thing as a kid growing up in Iowa that we always knew who was struggling within our community, but we always were taught that once you made it, you reached back and you helped that next person up in line. And that was kind of ingrained in us as children growing up in little old town of West Branch, but always helping each other out. Yep. I love that. So, Melissa, you are now leading the Central Iowa Shelters. Tell us how you found your way in that position. Yeah, you know, I would say that it's not generally when you go to an elementary school and they say you to dream up your career job, like what do you want to do for a living? Not most people pick CEOs of emergency homeless shelters. Um, and it's never something that I ever dreamed that I would be doing. Um, my path really uh, up until the last eight years was really to be a college women's basketball coach. Um, every decision I made uh, growing up and whether it be camps that I was attending or people that I was communicating with, it was really because I wanted to aspire to help change lives and to find those diamond in the roughs across the entire country, but through basketball. Uh, once my daughter was born and we ended up moving back to Iowa, I realized that it was less about basketball and it was more about the human development of our community and how do we lift up each other and how do we support each other. I'd found my way to ISU Extension uh, where I got an opportunity to teach emotional and social intelligence to young leaders um, who were struggling to graduate high school. Um, and that led me down a path of experiential education. And, and what we really realized in all of that was um, how many people were really just struggling to put a roof over their head and was introduced to Central Iowa Shelters uh, Services through one of our students um, who was actually utilizing the shelter 
uh, for their bed for the night and going to school every single day uh, at the high school. So um, got to know the team and when the opportunity presented itself, um, just decided I need to take a leap of faith and, and go do it. So you've been at the shelter for eight years and you have continued to make a big impact there. What are some of the services that the shelter provides? And then what are some of the services you have helped the team add? Well, I have, I, you know, I walked into a wonderful situation. You know, our building was built in 2012 and uh, it was 46,000 square foot. It's now 52,000 square foot. And uh, I, I challenge your audience to think about it like this. If you've ever been on a carnival cruise or to an all-inclusive resort, right? So show of hands who's done that. Uh, then you know what it's like to live within our emergency shelter. Um, you name it, and we offer it. And, um, everything from putting a roof over somebody's bed with actually uh, having a bed to sleep on at night. We have 150 emergency shelter beds. Uh, we have 81 apartments, right? So we have permanent support housing opportunities for both veterans and for individuals uh, struggling with recovery and mental health. And then you, the rest of the, the spectrum, right? So food pantry, clothing closet, community kitchen. Uh, we now have four job training programs. Uh, we didn't really have any job training programs prior to me starting there. And it's by far one of the best ways to help somebody re-engage in the community and, and rebuild their self-esteem and self-efficacy uh, to help change the world. Um, gosh, I could keep my list could keep going on and on. But the reality is, is that we want to make sure that we're providing like all of the social determinants of health um, for an individual with mental health, substance abuse, medical care, um, really you name it and we offer it or have a community partner that comes into our building to offer that service. Yeah. And I actually got a chance to visit you at the shelter, which was such an awesome experience. And I think the coolest thing that as someone in agriculture, I know that we raise a lot of food in the state of Iowa, in this country, and across the world. Um, but yeah. this country is in a food surplus. And it is so cool to see your team being able to connect the food surplus with those who just need a little help gaining access. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you really made an impact when we walked through it is Anyone can be in use of the shelter at any time and you really just give them a little boost to get back on their feet because you never know what's going to happen in life. Yeah. Honestly, you walk the building every day and we have such beautiful souls that live with us. I mean, these are truly our neighbors and they just need a quick hand up. Most of them, you know, 55% of the guests that check into the shelter are moving on to stable housing in less than 14 days. And a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. Oh. Really, sometimes it's just caring just a little bit, right? I mean, we talk about as a society uh, to love one another and to be kind to one another, yet sometimes we miss the mark. And if you ever want to see that truly play out, go into one of your emergency shelters really across the state or across the country, and you're going to find people that will give you the shirt off their back. Uh, and what you don't realize is that person is actually probably the same one that's asking for help, um, but believes that you might need it more than they do. So uh, we just have some beautiful souls in our building and, and like, uh, like our society, you know, we are a microcosm of our society, right? If you can think of every demographic, every ethnicity, every religion, every political belief, uh, we have a little bit of that, all of that within our emergency shelter. And, um, I enjoy the diversity. I enjoy the conversations. Uh, but like you said, I mean, you meet some really wonderful people 
uh, who just need a little bit of help and they flourish for the rest of their lives. Absolutely. And uh, back to the food conversation. Yeah. And then also, I know um, we are talking about the shelter in central Iowa. And you cover, yeah. can you remind us how many counties that you are covering there? Yes, we count 15 counties south and okay. east. So 16 counties total. And you have a large population of the state, but that's not the entire state. And I do know that, especially when it came to raising food, you actually looked to other locations across the country yeah. and got inspiration for your next project going into the shelter. Oh, yeah. So I mentioned, you know, I, I walked into a beautiful situation. And one of them is we actually had a small farm in our backyard at the shelter, 750 square foot geodesic dome. Uh, Pioneer actually foundation provided that dome to us. And then we had 20 raised beds that between Wells Fargo and John Deere, we were able to have in the backyard, all ADA accessible. And it was beautiful. And there was one summer that we produced over 10,000 pounds through our job training program. And that's a remarkable number. And all that food went directly back into our kitchen, either in our shelter or one of our 20 meal sites across the metro. And it just dawned on me one time, like, gosh, if we could do that in this little place, what could we do in a big place, right? Like, what if we stepped our game up just a little bit? Because the farm is by far the most popular program that we offer within the shelter. Many individuals uh, attend just a gardening club uh, to learn about aquaculture and agriculture. And then a small few of them gets actually work in the farm year round. And what was so interesting is the transformation that can take place using the metaphor of agriculture. And then when they get to see that what they're harvesting and growing every day, that that seed that they planted, which is a little water, a little nutrients, uh, can really flourish into actually feeding our community and helping to alleviate hunger and poverty in some of our neighborhoods around the metro. So we decided, what the heck, let's go ahead and expand the greenhouse. So we grew a 3,600 square foot greenhouse. Um, definitely an inspiration from other programs across the community, uh, across the nation. And that 3,600 square foot greenhouse is only the marquee within a four and a half acre agri-neighborhood. Um, we started to dive into the data of people rent burdened and excessively rent burdened in our community downtown Des Moines. And we realized that there was only two grocery stores for people to shop at. And one of them was more like a food cart and the other one was very high end. And so how were people able to decipher between paying rent and putting food on their own tables? And so between the greenhouse, our job training program, and now the four and a half acre agri-hood, uh, we really feel like we're on the cusp of creating a food secure community within the Metro of Des Moines. And everywhere we go now on building affordable housing, we will have an aquaculture system and a farm training program with it, just knowing the transformation that can take place through agriculture. I got goosebumps thinking about the opportunities that you are literally growing for your yeah. residents there. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the aquaculture system and how that is tying into the rest of the greenhouse. Yeah. So the aquaculture system, um, our greenhouse has the ability to grow fish and lettuce and then obviously all kinds of other vegetables and fruits through our media bed. And what's been so innovative about it is not many people have tied those two things together. And for us, we can grow about 5,500 heads of lettuce every single month. Um, a growing cycle of the greenhouse is about four weeks long. And so we can actually get a few more growing cycles in a traditional year. And so what's nice about it is uh, we do not plant a seed unless we already have a buyer for it. Um, so the greenhouse is full right now. 
Um, every spot is taken and our clients are able to plant the seed, nurture the seed, and then we use rock wool and they put the rock wool into either an NFT paper bed or a deep water culture bed. And what's great is that they then get to harvest it. And every day for lunch, every day for dinner, uh, we have a salad. Uh, and it was interesting as days we don't have salad, the clients usually are like, hey, where's the salad for the day? Uh, which is awesome. It's a whole other conversation on food and behavior. But uh, the food also then goes out to some of your favorite restaurants here in the metro of Des Moines, uh, Des Moines Golf and Country Club, uh, Big Grove Brewery, St. Kilda's. Uh, we grow some specialty items for them. Um, homegrown, and we're working on a couple of other restaurants along with a few other co-ops uh, to distribute the food out into our community. Uh, that way, everybody has fresh produce. It's living lettuce, uh, and so it'll last in your refrigerator a whole lot longer. Um, but really, again, uh, you know, we all need more vegetables and fruits in our lives, right? And it's just a great way because, you know, it's expensive, right? If you go and buy a head of lettuce in the grocery store, uh, or a pound of tomatoes or sugar snap peas, uh, the price adds up pretty quick. And so this provides great, free, healthy access to food to all islands. Fantastic. And the clients there working in the greenhouses, just the pride they took in being able yeah. to grow something from seed into being able to harvest and going out in the community was really, really neat to see. And I just think it's the coolest program ever. So, Lexi, if I remember, you were there when they were still harvesting the strawberries, right? They, yes, yes, they were working yeah. on strawberries. Yeah. So we allow our our neighbors and our clients to actually experiment with different seeds, and they decided to grow strawberries with the aquaculture system. And I'll never forget some of those strawberries were really big and really red. And I had asked them, I said, "Are you putting these out in the kitchen for everybody else?" They're like, "No, these are just for us." Meanwhile, they would just sit there and eat the strawberries. I'm like, all right, perks of the job perks of the job. So, uh, it was really fun to see them grow their own food and be, you know, such a community and creating so much purpose uh, just within that training program. There's their own little family right there. And your job training program, really, there's a lot of analogies between growing food and growing people. Yeah, and I think it's a fantastic hands-on experience for people literally growing. Yeah. You know, our vision statement is to provide growth to all with courage and opportunity. And we kind of bold, uh, you know, underline all capital letters that word all uh, because, you know, it's really a human development. We can all improve. We can all grow. We can all get better regardless of your walk in life. And, uh, you know, I've learned so much from the individuals we serve every single day. And it's just when you humble yourself enough as a leader you can find that there's growth opportunities everywhere. Now, regardless of socioeconomic status or how old you are, you know, there are leaders everywhere in our community and there's no different within our shelter. And so I think about the opportunities, like you said, and that metaphor to help everybody grow. It takes courage. Um, we saw an opportunity to grow our greenhouse. We saw an opportunity to grow our agrihood. And it just took the courage to say, hey, let's go do it. Uh, let's figure this out together and ultimately let's hopefully end end our business, right? We don't need an emergency shelter if we solve the problem. We don't need a community kitchen if everybody is fed. So, you know, ultimately that's our goal to truly put ourselves out of business because we lean into those courageous conversations. And there's one other cool thing coming up within the AgriHood system. And yeah. it literally, it drives and you can also eat it. So I can't wait to visit, but why don't you tell us about your food truck? Yeah, so coming soon, 
Uh, I mentioned a little bit about the fish, right? So we are growing fish as well. We need more proteins. And we learned that our refugee and our immigrant community wanted full fish tilapia. And so we definitely wanted to grow tilapia as a part of our greenhouse. And we decided to launch a food truck. Um, it's a fish taco food truck. Uh, believe it or not, all through 2020 and 21, I was visiting all my competition, doing nothing but ordering fish tacos so that I could say, all right, got to know who my competition is before we launch this thing. But we actually had help from the Greater Des Moines Leadership Institute. Um, they had done an entire research project on us and helped us build a business plan to build a fish taco food truck. And the idea is simple. Uh, similar to Tom's Shoes or Bomba Socks, for every fish taco we sell, we're going to give one away. And so, again, uh, it's about how do we feed our community and how do we make sure that anybody that comes up uh, requesting food, they can just have it. Um, no questions asked. If you say you're hungry and you don't have money, we're going to give you one. But, yeah, it's it's exciting. We'll be in three farmer's markets. We'll be in downtown Des Moines, uh, Johnston, and Valley Junction's farmer's markets with our food truck. Um, we'll also have a food stand next to it. So if you don't want to buy a fish taco, but you want to buy all the ingredients yourself and just go home, you can do that too. We'll give you the recipe and you can make it yourself. I can't wait to visit. I can't wait to try it. I love fish tacos. So I think this is a win-win for everybody. And tell us a little bit. Hold on. Let me try that again. Um. <laughs> Melissa, you've talked us through all the things that the Central Iowa Shelter and Services are doing for their food and agriculture projects. Yeah. How can other listeners get involved with your efforts, whether they live in Central Iowa or across the country? Yeah, great question. You know, first and foremost, I want to remind people um, that we have people in what's called the hidden homeless all across the United States. You know, I think in your small town, you, everyone recognizes who's struggling. And don't be afraid to say good morning, good afternoon, and to help support them and meet them where they're at. Um, that's first and foremost, recognizing that individuals that are even living in poverty, they're human beings um, and some of the kindest souls you'll ever meet. So I just want to make sure that we recognize that. When it comes to food, you know, the part that I like to remind people is everybody could plant a seed and grow a tomato, Right. Don't be afraid to plant that small garden, even if it's in a five-gallon bucket. Plant some potatoes. Plant a salsa garden. There's a lot of different things that you can do just in your apartment complex or in your backyard. Um, there on your farm. And then donate that food to your local food pantry or to your local emergency shelter. You know, again, there's no reason that somebody is experiencing hunger within our communities at all across this entire great nation of ours. Uh, you know, my mom and wife decided we're not hunting any more butternut squash. Between the two of us, I think we have dropped off 150 to 200 heads of like the like butternut squash themselves. We have so much. Uh, we both grossly underestimated how much that one seed could produce. Um, and I just want to remind people that's something everybody can do. It's so simple, right? Um, and just remember that, that we can all give just a little bit back. Um my uncle gave me a quote a long time ago before he passed away, and that was the essence of all of it, right? Just no matter how dark your situation is, just remember you can give a little bit back uh, and help somebody else have a better day. So um, that's the biggest thing. Remember, human beings first. We're all neighbors. We're all in this world together. We all believe the same. Um, and one simple little thing you could do, either in your backyard, your apartment, is have the courage to plant that one seed. 
and dedicate that one plant to creating a food secure nation for that's a fantastic way to end on. And for those farmers that are maybe more livestock focused and think they have a black thumb, I also know you do some volunteering opportunities yes. at the shelters. Uh, so they can also reach out to their local shelter. But I love the idea. Yeah. You know, those are great points. You know, we have a great partnership with the Iowa National Pork Board, um, even to the DNR with the hush funds with deer. You know, there is so much that you can do. Think about, you know, can you raise one cattle or a sheep or um, a hog? Can you raise one and donate it to your local food pantry? Donate it to the lockers that allow them then to produce or process those for free to get them to your emergency shelters. You know, the one thing we're always lacking is proteins, uh, which is why we chose to grow fish. My staff tried to get me to do chickens. So all those farmers out there that have chickens, God bless you uh, more than ever. Uh, but, you know, don't lose that mindset as well that, you know, pick one or two, you know, donate it down to that local shelter because we just don't have enough proteins to give people. And so we rely on the vegetables that we grow to do that. Well, this was very inspiring. Thank you for walking us through uh, what you do as a farmer leading the Central Iowa uh, Shelters and Services. And you've inspired all of us to plant one seed and that plant one seed can make a big difference. Absolutely. Planting seeds, meeting needs. That's our thing. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining today's Farm Her podcast and Everyone Eats episode. So uh, we tell us where we can find more information and in, uh, the website for the shelter. Yeah, please go out centraliowashelter.org. Uh, you can dial in on just the food aspect if you want to. We've got several little tabs there. Um, but finding ways to help, you know, it goes back to volunteering in your community kitchen donating that little bit of extra food. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's the biggest way. It's centraliowashelter.org. Uh, but love to have your continued support from across the country. We're not done yet with our capital campaign and our fundraising on the urban farm. So if you're ever interested in learning more about that and supporting that cause, it's all right there on the website. Thanks for joining, Melissa. We really, really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in about a topic that's important to us at FarmHer, our sponsor nationwide, and the agriculture industry. Also, a huge thank you to my guest, Melissa, and the work she does with CISS. We encourage you to volunteer in your own community today.